Doc, they know. They do. Debate Amongst Friends is back. Episode two. We're so happy you joined us today. It is Tuesday. And that means we are doing a review. But Doc, what are we reviewing? What? 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 Hmm. Well, that side of the room over there is pretty dark. And Doc, you're wearing your wedding ring. We must be talking about Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> dark Side of the Ring. Uh, not my ring, though. My ring is full of light and sunshine. But the uh, dark side of the other ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, there we go. We don't need Doc in the dark house, folks, okay? I live out there, so don't go there. <laughs> uh, but no, we're talking about Dark Side of the Ring. If you followed us last season, we have been following the Dark Side of the Ring series just to engage our wrestling fan historians. Um, current product, uh, 50 50, touchy subject. Whether you're Mark, Smark, or in between, it's tough. But if you're a historian of the game, and you watch these documentaries, they're always good. This week, we had flying... Wow. I, I'm having deja vu. And that's exactly what I said in the deja vu. Flying. And it's flying, mm-hmm. right? Flying. Yep. Brian Pillman. Four horsemen. Let's bring out now Brian Pillman. Brian, I'd like to know. No, I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous at all. Hey, Chippy. Live TV, Eric. What if I rifle off the seven right here, right now? Not the seven deadly sins. Not the seven vials of God's wrath. But the seven words you're not Don't allowed even to say on TV. What are you going to do then, Eric? I'll do whatever I have to do. No, you won't do anything. You'll be. Um, what a great character what a great worker very unfortunate events that led tragically down the path to his unfortunate death absolutely so dark side of the ring flying brian pillman prof two-part series it was what an intriguing story I love the fact that they did highlight his beginnings. Yes. Um, even before he came to, he went over to WCW, of course, mm-hmm. uh, becoming part of the Hollywood Blondes. And just about like, he just had a natural, he had the natural it. Right. But again, back then compared to now, yeah, that didn't mean you were going to become successful in the world right. of pro wrestling. Um, no, definitely. And many of those other historians could tell you that you can have the it, you could be the best worker out there. But if you didn't have the uh, certain size, height, right. and mass, then you're, you, you only have a certain ceiling that you're not going to be able to break through. Right. But he had himself a, a certain it. I remember fondly uh, his tag team with Steve Austin as the Hollywood Blondes. You hear me talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. I thought that could have been one of the best, exactly, uh, one of the <laughs> best uh, tag teams in WCW history. 
Right. But of course, they broke them up way too soon. I think it was only together for like eight months or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it was literally like a flash in the pan. Right. And I think it's it's one of those things. Um, and right before he started with the Hollywood Hollywood Blondes, um, when you really look at what he was doing and they mentioned it, how he kind of tore the house down with Ric Flair. You know, Flair was known for, of course, his six minute wrestling ability, baby. And uh, he was in the ring with at that time. Flair's already done a lot of things. I mean, he might not be you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 time yet, but he's done a lot of things by that time and he's well known. He's got the hair. He's already riding in limousine. He's got his alligators that he's trying to hold down. So Brian Pillman in the ring with Flair at this point, if that's now and you put Brian Pillman in with, let's say, a Roman or a Brock or uh, AJ Styles, somebody that you know can work. I'm going to give those guys credit. They can work. Um, you you want to see that person take that next step. And the fact that he went from flair to a tag team, just show where we were even at that time in the minds of a booker. Um, And, and we constantly complain about booking. Uh, They're just no good. (laughs) They're just not good. Um, Which of course, later on, we get to that part where he gets to that crazy part where he's just throwing everything out there. Booker man, you know, we're, we're going to get to that a little later, shout but out, out to Kevin Sullivan. yeah, I'm sure that put him on tilt a little bit, but you know, put the whole locker room on tilt. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we talk about, you know, getting put on tilt all the time. Like, yeah. And, and I guess this is the major part, of course, that people really wanted to see about during his documentary was the, creation and execution of the loose canon persona right and this is what i'll say and you know you know me when i hear loose canon and i think crazy now you see how brian did this Mm -hmm. wide-eyed there wasn't a lot of lip movement there wasn't a lot of wackiness it was he's wild we're not i'm not talking about mark merrill wild I'm talking uh, Ryan Pillman Wild. Uh, and that goes to show why I didn't like Dean Ambrose's Looney Tune act. In, in his defense, too. I don't don't do defend him. During a PG era as well, too, which didn't help. But still, even still, I think Brian Pillman, if you would have put him in this PG era, he still would have been able to do it. So you scratch the gun spot. Right? You scratch maybe holding the baby up in front of getting punched spot. Okay. I was about you to know, say, he did a lot of stuff in ECW. You, like, you, you, you take away some of those spots, <laughs> sure. But somebody as creative as him, and I'm not saying Dean isn't creative, but I don't think he was as hamstrung as we're alluding to. I think it's but like you just have to think outside the box. Creative freedom as well, too. So by the time he was doing the loose cannon persona, they were just, wrestling at that time was like, hey, go out there and do do it. (laughs) But even now that he has the freedom, I don't think that he... AEW is pretty free. Like, they're free. Like, I think they had to be free? They are free. Like Shout out to Punk. They don't even know how to act free. But they're giving them the free, the freedom to go out there and cut their promos. So, 
I think with Brian Pillman, he would be able to work. He might just not be able to work in the WWE, which yeah. of course, until you know last year or two, you'd only have a few places that you could really go. But I think somebody like him, similar to his son, would thrive in that smaller market working up to get to the wwe hopefully they don't water you down and that's usually the biggest risk and we've seen that time and time again but let's not jump too far ahead let's go back to the beginning you said the creation of brian pillman the creation of the real lunatic in fringe it was all about the money it has always been about the money and it's going to continue to be about the money he wanted to make and it was a very noble cause. He wanted to make sure. enough money to support his five kids. Right. And, you know, us not having kids that we know of. Sure. I know I don't have any. I mean, I you, I yeah, yeah, yeah I'm about to say. <laughs> I know. Now, so you go. <laughs> Dark side of the ring, you started with now. You talk about kids that we don't know. Of. No, no, no. I don't Doc, have Doc any. talk about your kids. He said he hey, I don't give a crap about, your kids. I don't give a crap about <laughs> those kids. <laughs> uh, but, but he go wanted ahead. to make enough money to support his kids. And he was essentially being paid like someone at the lower bottom in the card. Yeah. But he's putting out great matches after great matches. Yeah. Well, the decision maker at that time, Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff. Uh, basically told him, hey, I can't. Like I can't justify it based off of what um based off of like how your interaction is with the crowd. I mean the crowd loved him, of course, but it was of course. like you know, he don't see the return on investment if he wants to give right. like five figures or something like that. I think he was sure. talking about. Oh uh, no, six figures. Six um, figures, yeah. He's still getting like five figures. Right. Uh and the one thing about it is that and the part that I liked about the kids is that he these weren't all his children, no. you know, because I think his he had I think two or three, and then he married a woman with two. Um, yes. and it's like so these five kids, he loved them equally. And that was the one part I did love about it, is that you know, obviously, whenever you see a guy who was able to take on a responsibility of being a father to individuals who either don't have a father or you just i'm just going to be an additional role model you know and i really really enjoyed that part but he wanted to take care of him um and he played the game he did um between really three three organizations he used three organizations more or less two because i can't really throw an ecw into that bucket because i don't think they would have kept them for that long no, I mean, when I say he used three, I mean, he used ECW because he knew he could do things in ECW. It was a catalyst. He could do yes. things in ECW that he couldn't do in either other promotion. Exactly. Um, but I it's like. Say, I will say this. ECW was the best platform for him to hone what oh, yeah. would have worked and what would have not worked. I think ECW was a perfect. ECW as a whole is a perfect because place. Because think about it. The same thing happened with Austin before he went yeah, to WWE. That's true. That's true. A lot you know, of people. Same thing happened with Al Snow before he yeah. went back to WWE. Mm-hmm. Like the whole ECW, Dudley Boy Act. Well, the Dudley Boy Act was homegrown ECW. I can't really throw that <laughs> one in there. <laughs> I mean, but I the, really the WWE didn't try to really change them too much. Uh, I didn't. They let them do them. 
Uh, I know they came in with the whole stuttering thing in the beginning, but they let them do them. Um, and then they kind of move on. But I was going to say ECW is a perfect place, I thought, to learn how to really get heat. Yes. You know, because it, it carried over. Yeah, it carried over to WWE or WWF at the time um, where he was able to get so much heat. Um, but then, obviously, we get to the part where he has the car accident. Uh, which I mean, he shatters a whole bunch of things, and you don't know if it's a. They're they're saying that it's a work. He's getting plastic surgery to change his face to look like Shawn Michaels, yeah, which is ridiculous. Sheet stuff, <laughs> oh my god! You know, Dave Meltzer has a lawyer's office with like documents all over the place, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Um, and I brought up the question, saying, "I wonder why nobody tried to ever." Hey, Dave, you're a good evaluator of talent. You know, you know, you probably seen every booking scenario there is. Mm-hmm. Why not bring Dave in? Which, of course, Dave might have been offered that and he might have um, declined. But I always wanted to know that. Yeah. And, and, and like I was telling you off the stream, I think that's more because it's you're going to lose your love of the business if you become part of the business that way. I, I can understand that. I can understand Especially it. Especially but... if he signed with like WWE. Like, come on. And 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 now we're hearing the horror stories of what happens in creative. Right, in creative, yeah. Uh so we have a, a situation here where Dave's like, I don't know, I don't know what Brian's doing, you know. Yeah, his friend his friend and that trainer, I don't know what that guy's doing either. Well, his but, trainer was like, Hey, do whatever you need to do to get paid. Like it's all about he, the money. He literally said, <laughs> F Vince. Get yeah, paid. <laughs> get paid. Um, and, and which he did, even though he they knew that he would probably never really wrestle the same way again, which goes to show how great a character was. Yep, that he would never wrestle, you know, as he once did, obviously with the leg injuries and some of the other ones, but they they worked it, man. Like when Stone Cold beat him up, I remember that when Stone Cold beat him up and stomped on the leg and all that stuff. Which, um, like which I remember now that coined the phrase of pillmanizing. Pillmanizing, which when he, when when Cornette said it, I was like, ah, like yeah, I know I've gave, heard it. Yep. Like I know I've heard it, but I I was like I w- I never put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Um. So pillmanizing was awesome. Uh. Jim Ross's res- you know response to a lot of things were awesome. Um. And then we kind of get to that part, of course, with. The gun spot, you know. Okay, let's let's talk about that. <laughs> so, I remember this, of course. I mean, we were what early teenagers. I didn't think there was anything for Vince to really apologize for. Um, I felt at like, that time it was it, it was, was risque. The, of the attitude era, though, if you really think, yeah. About it. So, um, but. I don't think that's any different from any show or movie that we see on TV. Like, I, that's the part I didn't understand um, why it was so, you know, blown out of proportion. Like, oh, my God, you know, I know kids are watching, but, you know, at the same time, at that time, it wasn't PG still. Because, you know, you still had um, women... I will guess we'll say scantily clad. Um, you still had blood and, you know, we'll say blood and guts dripping everywhere. Like you still had all that mm-hmm. stuff. So 
my thing was cursing was already allowed to an extent. Uh, so you're not really seeing anything different from what you normally would see on any other program. So that's where I got a little confused by that part. Uh, but the spot was good. It's memorable, something that we'll never forget. Um, and you go on to see him wrestling a few people. They show him wrestling a few people, but we know that he's just not the same. They put him on commentary for a little bit, you know, back and forth. And then we get to the, I think it was what, Black, Bad Blood pay-per-view? Is it Bad Blood? Yeah, In Your House Bad Blood. Uh, in Your House Bad Blood, which is In Your House pay-per-views. I mean, I miss them. Like, as it, it kind of gave you a house show feel. It was essentially uh, a, a yeah. pay-per-viewed quality house show. House show. Where, on one hand, you kind of know not a whole lot is happening as far as time right. changing. Sure. <clears throat> but they did a lot to help progress stories. And exactly. Now, they were just, it's oversaturated now. <laughs> it is oversaturated. Every time, what, a pay-per-view every month, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, God. Too. Oh, it was so uh, so crazy. Um, but moving forward, obviously we know that he wound up having, uh, I think we're saying a heart attack in his hotel room on the day of the pay-per-view. <laughs> he missed the check-in time. Or, or the call in time for his uh, for the pay per view. Yeah. Jim Cornette calls the hotel like, "Hey, you know, Ryan Pillman checked in." That's gotta be a weird thing to have to tell somebody like, "Hey, yeah." Um, so about that guy, um, he died, and I'm like, "What?" You know, like I would be like, "Wait, say that again." Like, what do you mean he died? Like, which is even crazy because he's talking about like. We don't even know if this is a, this is this is another work, right? And that was the part where I was like, "Is he serious?" Like, um, but yeah, he had um, heart failure. I think they said that he had a yeah, it was a heart, heart disease. disease. Yep. Yeah, which is really really rough. And I, and first and foremost, before we continue, I mean, heart disease is something definitely to get checked out. Uh, you know, you want to make sure that to know if that's something that runs in your family. So of course. Um, I'm a big advocate of knowing your family history and always getting checked. Um, but with this, I'm not sure if it comes from family. Obviously, there's always the drug portion that they throw in there, the steroid portion that they throw in there. Obviously, uh, the I mean, being on the road and being a wrestler is hard enough. Um, so all those factors probably didn't lead to a healthy lifestyle uh, and probably attributed to the heart attack. But I still think everybody should get checked to make sure that that's not something that, that runs in their family or in their particular body. Um, so a quick rundown of this. So Brian Pillman, you know, goes to WCW, wrestles really well. Uh, he then joins. Yeah, won a few titles. He then joined Steve Austin with Hollywood Blondes. You know, they embrace the heck out of their roles. Yeah. You know, they embrace it. Win well, some matches, lose to, some. You have to take what's given to you and yes. make it work. Right. And they made it work. Uh, the hand gestures, the the hair, the, the creativity, it all worked. So then you move forward. They break them up. He goes and says, you know what? I'm going to create this character. 
He becomes the loose cannon. He says, I'm going to throw away all the scripts. I'm challenging everything. I'm going to expose wrestling for what it is. And I'm going to make myself a lot of money. He then goes and does the spot with Kevin Sullivan, which is the beginning, um, and says, you know, uh, blah, 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 Booker Man. I respect you. Booker man. Booker man, right. And at that time, we learned that Booker Man means the person that books the matches, which is something that behind the scenes, Big they know, but we're not supposed to know. Because at that time, Kayfabe was so alive and slowly dying with the dirt yes. sheets and whatnot. Um, he then goes into a semi-work <laughs> with Eric Bischoff. He worked Bischoff. Stop it. I'm going to say some of my work. He worked him a little bit, but see, Bishop said that he didn't. But think about this. Who really wants to to admit to being worked in wrestling? I listen. No one. one Nobody. Especially especially if you're in a uh, decision-making role. No one. Well, see, that's a thing that's kind of crazy to me because if, if you know that it's possibly a work, like, why would you give him a real release? You know what I mean? Like, that's the part that was kind of weird. Um, but then again, it's like, why not not sign the extension? Exactly. And, that's and then, that's yeah, that's not the sign the extension and then tell Eric, like, hey, can you send me a, just give me a document that says that I've been released, you know, so I can take it and work it, you know. But either way, he gets his release. He goes to ECW, goes crazy, you know, again, learns how to get heat then gets in the car accident, right? Right when he's about to get signed, he gets in the car accident, has everything going on, then he signs WWE, and the rest is what we went over. Um, But if you haven't watched it, there's so much more involved. I mean, we hit the major parts here. Yeah, um, but we do need to touch on after the death. And that just, that interview, the day. I mean, I didn't really... I didn't put it past him. I didn't. I didn't find it to be surprising. That's why I wasn't going to touch it. But um, she didn't have to do the interview, nor did she have to answer the question. She could have. She could have did exactly what Brian Pillman would have did. She could have said, "I just told you that I wasn't going to answer that. <laughs> you know, you just told me that you weren't going to ask me that." She could have said that right then and there yeah. on that interview, uh, but she took the PC route and you know, answered the question. Me personally, I would have been like, oh, well, I know we just said we weren't going to talk about this, so I'm not sure how to answer it. You know, like I would have just said that, Uh, but it happens, you know. Um, But, uh, of course, you have Brian Pillman Jr., who, you know, pretty much got abused uh, both by the the men, I guess, in, in the lives of the women, and apparently the dogs, I thought that part was insane, uh, yeah. that you would train a dog to attack a kid. But, I mean, I don't want to give too much away because I really want people to watch it. I mean, it's really good. Um, obviously, we're, we're filling in some of the details and some of the holes, but it's really, really good. And I would recommend you go and watch it today or sometime this week, as well as Dark Side of football i thought that was pretty good and something that we'll we'll definitely try to cover in the future um but with that let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more debate amongst friends right after this 
Thanks for tuning in today to Debate Amongst Friends. Make sure you listen to today's episode on all of your podcast streaming app, or you can listen to us on debateamongstfriends.com. And be sure to watch tonight's play-in tournaments games as the Indiana Pacers go against the Charlotte Hornets, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then the Boston Celtics take on the Washington Wizards at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, But with that, we've had a great show. We appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for more news, more analysis, and the reads.